Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Welcome back to Small Business School. I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like it's going to get raw and vulnerable and also be incredibly impactful. I just have this gut feeling. Um, I'd love to welcome to the show Lauren. Lauren is a marketing agency owner, podcast host, entrepreneur, and with over 10 years of industry experience, she helps brands increase their revenue and share their voice through creative campaigns and sustainable strategies. At her core, she's a problem solver and loves to help people. As an extension of this, her company, Brand Good Time, is known for helping brands go from profitable and growing to successfully scaling with their non-traditional marketing approach. Um, Lauren, I am so excited for this conversation. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what what do we need to know that's not on the bio? Okay, yeah, no, totally. Well, thank you, first of all. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. What do you need to know about me? Okay, so a couple things. One, I have a corporate agency background, and it's actually on like the retail side of things, whereas our business today, we can, we we work with B2B, B2C, D2C. Like we do a little bit of everything, but we're a little more B2B focused than my background. But my background informed like the direction of where I wanted to go and starting my own business. And so again, corporate agency is an Omnicom um, advertising organization, which if you know Omnicom, it's a huge conglomerate of agencies. And so that got me my start into the advertising world and and being very passionate about advertising and marketing. Um, On the other side of things, I also have a real estate investment business with my husband. And so and I have I grew up like traveling all over the world and moving all over the country. And so hospitality is like kind of in my core and blood. And I was like, well, if I can't figure out how to do all hospitality marketing clients, why not go all in on like short term rentals and Airbnbs? And so that's another little side thing. That is so fun. And also like you've grown and scaled and then come back to business. Correct. Yeah. So I also have a former marketing agency, which is like another, yeah, another little tidbit there. Um, I, yeah, sold that agency in 2020 and decided to start Brand Good Time. And there's a whole story with that. But (laughs) so I love that as somebody who like, first of all, came from like accounting, having an accounting firm, um, and then like selling the accounting firm. And now I'm back starting an accounting firm. I just appreciate um, how business changes. But I say it because I think it's important for um, people to know, like, this isn't just something new to you, like you've went through scaling and selling and restarting. And um, all of the information that you bring is like very much from a shoes of an entrepreneur um, who's not new here. Yeah, I've failed and made mistakes and I'm still failing and making mistakes. Um, and I've just, yeah, it's the 10 plus years. That's, that's, that's what we're in, right? That's what we're in right now. And, you know, there's a lot of what we do with our clients is avoiding a lot of the issues I made, the mistakes I made, um, and, and what we've learned from that. So yeah, it's an interesting place to be. 
Okay. I'm ripping the bandaid off. We're going to get started chatting about owner led marketing and, and showing up and visibility because we chatted about this just before we hit record. And I got this like gut feeling of like, okay, I'm not doing this right in one of my businesses. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about um, like the face of the business? I from my, just my point of view, I was at a lot of tables last year that said like, there has to be a face behind the brand. I know that I work with some business owners who like, just don't want to be that visible. They want to do what they love. Like what, what's the hot take on, on all of this? Yeah, that's such a good point. You hear when you start your business, you hear a lot of like work to a place of doing what you love and only do that within your business. And I just I bought into that for a little bit and I can tell you, and for me, that was like, I didn't want to do sales. I didn't want to do long-term implementation. I wanted to lift higher and be more strategy. And what that can do very quickly is pull you out of a growth mindset and put you in a very limited mindset. It can also make you lose oversight of what's going on in your business. So I think there's a, a balance that you can strike between doing the things you love in your business, but knowing that as an entrepreneur with any job, literally anything you do in life, like let's talk about your home, let's talk about nutrition, health, there's going to be things that you don't like about the things you have to do to live your day to day. And same with same goes for your business. And so eliminating this mindset of like, okay, you don't just have to focus on the things that you love to do, like you should be involved in everything is is step one, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then step two, is even if you don't like the marketing side of things, unfortunately, we're in a day and age where people are really, it's not unfortunate, but people are bought into story. And that's like, and I say day and age, but really that transcends like all of time. Story is what connects people to each other. And story is used in and outside of marketing and has been for all of time. And usually when we're talking about a business that's yours, there is a story. There is nine times out of 10, a reason why you started this business. And it wasn't just to make money. It was to create flexibility in your life. It was to help people create impact. For me, I started Brand Good Time because I didn't like traditional advertising and marketing and felt like there was a whole division of small businesses that were being left out of the equation, right? So like that's part of my story, but I also wanted freedom and flexibility to live my life and like grow my life, grow grow things on my own terms. And so when you remove the founder from the marketing and we move the founder from the growth of the business and just what people see online, you remove the story. And that's not the best. (laughs) So another part of that too, is that investors and potential customers really want to know who they're dealing with. And that is tied to your story too. And this is why I'm against that like faceless branding and marketing trend that's going on right now. There's a couple of accounts that are like, Hey, I'm here to prove that like, you don't have to show your face. I think it's setting a bad tone and expectation for business owners who are like, oh, wow, this is excusing me from having to like show up and show my face. At the core of those faceless brands, there's still a story. So you're still being tied to something. So at the end of the day, the founder does need to play an active role. The founder does need an oversight in marketing. And there's just different ways you can show up and do that within your comfort zone. I think this is so good. So Um, The reason I was so curious about this is I have a brand right now that or a business that um, I own and 
also converted to like a nonprofit. But to me, it was more about like the mission and it's about the people. And I wanted it to be more of a movement and I wanted to remove myself. And then in talking to you just about these topics, I'm like, damn, like any mission, if that's what anybody listening is feeling is like, they all need a leader. Every single mission needs somebody to lead it or lead the people that are behind it. So showing up is necessary. So do you have some tips? Is there like a happy medium where you can show up, but like, not that you never show your face, but you can show up in a way that you like add value, but you don't have to be on Instagram 24 hours a day? Totally. And this goes for internal and external too. My mind, it's so funny as you're saying this, it went right back to like the agency I worked at. The, the, founder of the company who no longer he's not the ceo he just sits on the advisory board he's the founder of the business perhaps is a little too involved for my taste however he sat in our orientation so anytime there's like a new hire orientation he was there he is still involved in board meetings still involved he's like walks around the agency still has an office there he may be working on other things but he's still there i mean his name is is the agency name and he's has to be involved to some extent um, but it, he, it, to him, it's like, I feel like he made it work for him in his life. So he's on podcasts, he's speaking, whatever. So it's finding what works for you and how you want to bleed that into the culture of the business, no matter how big or small you are. So does that look like, like it, it's figuring out what makes you comfortable. Do you want to be the person on video all the time? For me and my business, no, I don't. So what I do is I crowdsource to my team and every now and then I'll take some time lapses of myself or jump in on a funny trend when I washed my hair that day. But I'm not always the person behind the screen. But, but I am faceless. to some extent. But because it's not you're faceless. using them as, as the faces of the business. Correct. Yeah. And they're bought into our culture. Obviously, they're tied into our culture. They're hired here for a reason. So they're part of that story. Um, so that's that's one way there is with social and then just in how you show up within your business. Another is your website. If you have a website, the about page of your website should have the story. It should not just be a picture of the founder and a blurb of why you started. Go a little bit deeper than that. So show your team, bleed your mission, vision, values, have a call to action, share the story of the business and share pictures of you, the founder and of the team. That's going to make the team feel really included. And that's also going to show people whether you are product-based or not who you are and why this why this company started there I I always find myself like like bull and branch for example like any any brand that I'm going to buy from that I'm like really bought into I'm going to go to the about page on the website and I can't tell you how many times I'm like underwhelmed by what I see when I get there because I want to know more than just the product I want to know the story I want to be bought into it and that's what's going to create a long-term customer out of me so your website's another great place and then if you are someone who likes to talk, consider speaking on stages, consider going to roundtables, consider using your thought leadership on LinkedIn and building your personal brand that way. That's huge. Networking, network your little heart out. There's so many in-person and online communities these days that are really good. I mean, in the last two years since the pandemic, I mean, hate to throw that word out, but like it was kind of cringy in the beginning to see how people would, were adapting networking to online communities. But now they've, people have figured it out. And there's so many, there's countless communities that are just so cool and so niche and specified to your industry that can really help you also show your face, increase your thought leadership and, and then drive more visibility to your brand. From the numbers aspect, I think this is so important because I, 
I see like results when we are bringing our mission to the work. So for example, like I can actually tell you that financially I'll see better results from team members when at every single call or like team meeting, we talk about the mission and the vision. So, you know, this isn't just, it, this is so interesting because like you come from a marketing background and you think like, oh, okay, like, you know, how do I get on Instagram or how do I do ads or something like that? But like, you're tying this like right through the company of like, you know, that visibility and your face. And like, I love how you, you gave some options, but you're talking about that story and the mission and like driving results in so many different areas, just from one key piece. Yeah. A lot of it comes back to the fact that business development and growth of a business, it's, there's a trust factor that has to be implemented mm-hmm. before your audience is going to convert. And trust factors equal relationships. Marketing is really relationship building. That's all Mm -hmm. it is. So as a founder, you are in charge of those relationships and building those relationships. And it's not just this superficial, like, I have followers on social media. It, It goes above and beyond that. It goes, that's why engagement and outreach is so important too. Um, but I think as a founder, yeah, I mean, it's not that it's easy to do this, but there's so many accessible ways to go after it. Oh, I love that. So the other thing, though, is that you will never like if you're scaling a business, you will never be able to have the touch points that you want. And I know that relationships are what gets us started, right? Like those one on one relationships or maybe family that we knew before that we're inviting into our storefront or our services. But we get more and more distant from it and we will never be able to outscale ourselves. So I love how you're like tying in like that marketing message, whether it's internal or external about like, how do you create not just brand awareness, but a relationship with everybody? Because you have to find a way to do that to continue to scale. Otherwise, you'll cap out, right? You'll Mm -hmm. cap out at like, okay, I can manage a couple of employees and this is it. And then you'll you'll stall. So you have to find the way to create that message. So how do you work with people to like, I guess what I'm failing to like connect the dots to, and I'm hoping you can help me with this is like, how do you really help people feel valued? Like when you are a bigger brand, when you, you know, no longer see, you know, the employees every day, or you're not one-on-one with the customers anymore, like beyond just like the fact that you're, you know, showing up to orientations, like how are you helping people feel that you're there and involved yeah oh that's such a good question I mean I think it's just tying back to the business it's just not losing sight that like you're a business owner you founded this you started this um it's it is showing up to meetings every now and then and and having a part in that it is going out there and I mean at some point I just don't see a world where it makes sense for a founder to really take a major, major backseat without first cultivating a leadership team, you know? And so your leadership team has to be a reflection of you, your CEO, your COO. Um, It's so funny that you asked this because I have a a friend who's scaling her SEO agency right now. And, you know, we used to talk all the time about what's our out, you know, like, what do you see the out being? Because I think when we start our business, at least for me, I started my business and I was like, I don't know. First of all, I don't understand how anyone doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. Like how I don't relate to those people. Like again, closed mindset. I don't relate to those people. I don't get it. And then secondly, like I don't see a world where I'm not running this business. But let me tell you, 
things happen. You get married, you have kids, you have other interests, like you change as a person. Our personalities are evolving every seven years. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, I don't think I'll do this forever. So I was talking with my friend about it and we had just become moms at the same time. And I was like, whoa, like childcare, this situation is really interesting. And do we want to spend this much time away from our family? And like, how does like, what happens? And so she has a partner in her agency. And at the time she had talked to me about them moving up and out, you know, so like selling the agency. But when you're a service-based business, I mean, even product-based, that can become really hard because you become the asset at some point. And mm -hmm. so we're talking about this right here. We're talking about culture. We're talking about bleeding yourself into the mission, vision, values. But then what happens when you want to step away? Like, does the can the brand outlive the founder and can the founder truly go away? And yes, you see this happen. You see businesses get acquired and bought and transition. Um, and so in this conversation with this friend, she was like, yeah, like, I think our trajectory is changing now. And instead, we're going to bring on a high level, you know, advisory or um, not advisor. They will become advisors, the owners, and they'll bring on a high level like ops team, basically. So mm -hmm. CEO, COO, and then they can still be a part of the business, be advisors, still make money off the business, but not be so there in the day to day and like explore their other passions, whether that's growing their young family or going out and like just speaking on stage because that's what they're passionate about. So I, I still think it's possible. I think it comes back to what you instill in your team and, and the, the foundation you have around that. We do the same thing in our meetings where we talk about a value for the week and like how we're going to implement it or how we did implement it the previous week, stuff like that. I think it's just making sure, like, don't just set those mission, vision, values, like make sure they're bled into everything that you guys do from services to meetings, to marketing all the way across. Yeah. I love that. So I, I love how you've tied in marketing and I've never looked at it this way before. Like I always kind of saw ops very separate from like that external view of the business, which we think of marketing as, but I see how it's like very much tying into, you know, like the brand and the culture and how you're using that external message internally as well. And I love that. What could we shift and chat a little bit about those external strategies? So I know this is one of your areas of expertise. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you're helping people get visible in a way that like, I, I think it's a tough market or we see it as tough because some of those opportunities that looked really golden, like Instagram or like blowing up on TikTok, they, they're kind of a little bit stale right now. You hear a lot about people being like, oh, LinkedIn's the next place or, you know, like everybody's trying to search for that new thing that's really going to blow them up. So can you give us some advice and guidance around like how you're working with clients to get them visible in a way that you're seeing them like truly see the results in scale? Yeah. Whew, that's such a layered question because we are living in a day and age where you have to really fight to cut through the noise and a lot of it is pay to play. So depending on, you know, where you're at in your business, if you have funds for paid, that will help. And it also just depends on your goals and, and, and direction you're headed. But I, what I want to do is start at the beginning. Um, and a, a good marketing strategy, a good marketing plan starts with market research. And I'm going to transition that and say it's continuous mar market research. So if the last time you sent out a survey or polled your audience on anything was more than 30 days ago, go do it. Go do that this week. Like <laughs> sit down, and ask your audience some questions. And there's multiple ways you can do this. You know, you can leverage the social channels where your audience already is 
and just ask some basic questions. Don't prompt them to ask you questions. Start to think in their minds and see what content's performing best on in across all of your marketing and kind of feed off that to create some questions. Um, and and pull your audience, see what they're most interested in. Like they, people will engage, people will tap, and that will help you drive your marketing and help you make some some little shifts there to see higher engagement and potentially you know higher conversions or 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 people moving down the funnel. And I, I do want to talk about the funnel, so I'll come back to that one. Yeah. So that is, see if you know if you or your team have the bandwidth to get on calls with current and past clients and just shoot the shit you know like talk through what they're struggling with what do they desire to be where do they desire to be your marketing plan should stem from market research can can I ask you I've heard this like said so many times and I don't feel like very many people provide clarity on what that actually means so I've heard like get on the phone so what would that look like like what are you asking people when you're like hey can I have a call what are you you know talking about on the call like you're saying you know just how how's it going how would you proposition a like let's say service-based to service-based business like what would you talk to them about yeah so I would talk to them about well I would I would get nitty nitty grittier that's even like a concept than what we know about the business so typically in marketing we like to be all up in your finances too because that's going to inform like what's ebbing and flowing and where your serve like what services are getting purchased or, or whatever. So we need to be up in sales too. But sometimes they don't always relinquish that information right away and they'll just give us numbers like we closed this many clients this month or whatever. So getting on that call like can break down that barrier of like an email or a Slack message where you're asking for that information and it's just a little bit more emotional because you're right in front of them. And so we like to understand sales. What is going on within sales and also what are the sales conversations that they're having? Some of our, some of your best marketing is going to come from if you do sales calls or um, looking at your, like if we're talking about B2B, if you have, and everyone has the different way, different ways that they do client acquisition. So whether that's a sales call um, or like you have your phone number on your website, they call you right away, or you have a lead form, like an application, make sure those, all of those touch points right there should be, should be moments of market research especially if you get on that call and they're the right fit client, even if they don't sign with you, like you you always want to use those opportunities as market research. And you're asking the questions, for example, we do web design and development and also marketing and marketing strategy. So we want to know like, what's your vision for the next year? Like, where are you trying to go? What would make an engagement like you working with us successful? What's not working for your business right now? What is working for your business right now? And we ask that question very vaguely because we want to see the direction they take it. Like sometimes they'll like take it in a finance direction, which everything comes back to marketing. Just like I feel like with finance, everything comes back to finance. And so we ask those questions to see where their minds are at and their baseline understanding of marketing. And that's huge for us because if they don't have this baseline understanding of marketing, we ask this in our onboarding surveys too, like how well do you understand the marketing funnel? That's going to tell us how much we need to probably educate you on what we're doing to make sure the buy-in's there and that you understand at the end of the day what the results, like the results that we're getting with mm-hmm. their time too. So big convoluted answer there, but um No, I love that. So you're like almost building it into your service where you're like, hey, it's been a couple months. Love to just check in. Um, Even like if you're business to consumer service space, you're like, love to check in. How's it going? You know, I fixed your furnace. Just love to know if there's any, you know, anything else going on for you. But you're you're 
you're really just opening you're almost doing like a a check-in like I want to check in yeah again so going back to that like internal and external ask your audience Mm -hmm. what they're dealing with but get on Mm -hmm. calls with your clients and past clients and ask them that too and again it's part of our continual like we send monthly feedback surveys to all of our clients and then we also have monthly calls with all of our clients so we're asking these questions all the time all the time it should be part of your client experience and also part of your marketing strategy yeah you've built it into your system i've I've seen so many business owners who shy away from this because they like have this fear of like we're doing something wrong but i think honestly the the most successful businesses are the ones who just accept failure like you mentioned earlier like i failed many times i also feel the exact same way about that it's like the faster we can fail and learn from it the better um i'd hate to be failing and just continuing it over and over again because i have no idea about it so i'd love for like business owners to get past that fear of asking and maybe just not being perfect in somebody's eyes like we have to get get over that yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 yeah. percent. okay so what else are you seeing work for people like you said the the it were like we're really noisy right it's like hard to cut through the noise so is there a common thread that you're seeing helps people cut through the noise? Yeah. It's not just taking, let's just call it the market research at face value and creating a piece of content around it that ChatGPT could have given you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the create the, the brands that are doing really well right now, especially in this like B2B education space, are the ones that are digging a little bit deeper on the topics that are a little more mainstream. So for example, I follow someone in the business development space. So she works specifically with agency owners to help them, you know, with biz dev. And I have never saved so many posts from someone in a long time because what social media does is eventually becomes this vacuum of like, don't post too many hashtags, post a lot of hashtags. Like it's like contradictory information um, across many industries. What's a 1099? (laughs) Like, what's a W-2? It's like, okay, at some point, someone in your audience is going to know those things or feel like that information is redundant. And I feel like it it bumps you down on the ladder a little bit in terms of credibility, in terms of, like, interest. And so it's exhausting sometimes, but you really, like, I... I'm seeing more success with our clients where we spend a little bit more time coming up with a little bit more of a creative angle on a concept as opposed to just another post with more information. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Like some form of, you know, uniqueness, some form of authority, why you, why you stand out from the crowd. You're going to have to learn what that is. And there's so many ways to do that. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, how get creative with, if you, if you're someone who loves to lean into the trends and you constantly see a trend, like you're scrolling on your reels and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to try that. And you like have an idea you can tie to it right away. I mean, video is still very impactful, very important. If you can tell a story with video or even with those trends, like that's great too. Um, But also like don't shy away from those wordy posts either and showing visuals like more than ever. And this is what we're seeing in our website side of the business as well. More than ever, like you have to create a very unique user journey and you can do that through your marketing. You can do that through your website. But in that user journey, people want to people want to envision themselves. And I think the brands that are crushing it right now are the ones who are showing the process, peeling back the curtain, showing the results and helping their audience envision themselves right there in that service or, or with that product. Mm, yeah, that's so good. 
I love yeah, that and, feedback. And there's 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 crossover too. I was just gonna say, like, as a consumer, like I'll open TikTok sometimes or Instagram sometimes, and especially on TikTok, marketers have gotten it right with a lot of you know influencers or micro influencers they use showing the use of a product or just mm-hmm. how now na- like I feel like I'm I'm at your kitchen counter and you're opening this this box right here and you're being like okay like I didn't believe in this product before or like xyz scenario have you seen yourself in these shoes like you are not gonna want to miss out on this product like it feels so raw authentic and natural and I think b2b brands have a lot to learn from that because in this world of b2b and b2c b2c consumers buy on emotion <laughs> they want to feel connected to something b2b is a lot more education around that but once once that education's like honed in once you understand basic example that your business needs marketing you need to then have that emotional component tie in and that can be done really well with story and with again helping them envision themselves in their shoes and i think that's we can b2b can learn so much from b2c from that point of view yeah, for sure. And maybe that is harder to tie in because like, I definitely notice like people's habits are are to buy emotionally. But like, how do you get somebody excited about their taxes or their marketing? Like I find that emotional tie ins a little bit harder. So I can see why we are still in that learning stage. Yeah, I mean, I'll workshop it with you right here real quick. If we're talking about taxes, you know, hopefully as a business, you get to a place where you have to look at tax strategy. Like that's Mm -hmm. the goal. That's the dream, right? Because then you're making money, you're profitable. Mm -hmm. Showing like what can be done with that. Like what, like what are some interesting tax strategies that people may not know about? And like, what are the implications positive and negative, you know, on the business that, that can excite an entrepreneur? Like, Hey, by the way, you have like, we have this tax strategy here and you can take this is in the US, I think it's like $10,000 per kid or $30,000 per year can be paid to your children or something like that. And it's like, what are the long-term implications of that? Like, that's so cool. Your Mm -hmm. kid can graduate high school and have $100,000, whatever, to now do what they want with if you're someone who doesn't believe that all kids should go to college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's this is, and you get this from talking to your consumers or or your ideal audience. Like, what are their, this is why asking, like, what are your desires? What's your long-term vision? Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. just asking about the business, but their long-term aspirations, especially if you're dealing with founders. Yeah. Um, On the accounting side, this is something that I will say like I had success with because it came naturally to me to speak to like, what are your fears? What are your aspirations? And then how do we help that? And I think that's why we definitely stand out in my other business. I have to work. (laughs) I really need to work at this. It's a challenge. Actually, that's one of the reasons I um, love it. But that's so interesting. Like, yeah, how do you play into and and show them and, and just connect the dots for them? I love it. Um, Lauren, if you had one last piece of advice for us, uh, you know, growing, scaling a business, what would you say if you just you're like, you've got a stage and a million people? What's one thing that you would leave them with? Oh, my gosh, that's so much pressure. Okay, well, I <laughs> two things. I would say keep marketing simple. Don't focus on going viral. Don't focus on being the prettiest social post out there. Like time is money. So really focus in on more creative concepts. Again, creating that like experience for your audience across all of your marketing. And again, streamlined and simple. You do not need to be on 30 social media channels. In fact, if you are thinking let's repurpose content across all, it's going to fall on some deaf ears because your audience may not be on every single platform. So again, keep things very simple. Top of funnel where a client's going to find you and become aware of you. 
in the middle of funnel, how are you going to nurture them? So is that email? Is that your podcast? Is it a blog strategy? And then bottom of funnel, how are you really going to take care of them and through that conversion and create a killer client experience on the other end or a killer customer experience, you know, once they've made that purchase. So keep it simple. K-I-S-S. You probably know what that stands for. Yeah, yeah. And can I, yeah. Can I ask you like the selfish question? So how much time do you spend in a month or like, do you block out a day like CEO style to look at this? Like, what is the customer journey? Like, what is our market research coming back? Like, how much time should a person be putting aside for this? Yeah. So with our clients, we do this quarterly. So mm -hmm. we, we, we're usually gathering those feedback surveys and information on a monthly basis. We might skim it. And if we see anything like glaring, we'll act on it. But usually on a quarterly basis, we do an internal think tank as a team. And we spend about an hour and a half total. So maybe like 30 minutes per client really diving in together after we've done a ton of research and come to the table with that. So I would say like, as a business, you should be dedicating like one day a quarter to looking at what's working, what's not working, and how you want to optimize that going forward. But on a weekly basis, I do CEO time where I'm looking mm -hmm. at everything as well. So I'm looking, I, I do a quick glance over like analytics and what's performing, what's not performing, and make optimizations based on that. Okay. I love that. So for anybody listening, this is your cue that if you're stuck in the business and doing all the tasks that you really need that that time to have the outward in view on your business and make those adjustments. Otherwise you're just gonna, it's gonna be groundhog day. You're gonna be doing, doing the same thing literally every week until yeah. something miraculously changes. Yeah. And Amazing. I, I want to say one last thing, sorry, yeah. but no, at the end of it all, marketing should be fun. And that's like really why we built brand good time, like brand good time, always have a good time. Marketing should be fun. Like I think our initial tagline was like marketing. That's actually fun. It should be the most fun you have in your business. It really should. Whether you're actually involved in it or you're just seeing it and you're like, you need to be having those like, that is so cool moments about your own marketing, you know? So if it's not, then we're here. No, <laughs> if it's not seriously though, happy to have a conversation about it. Um, it shouldn't be something that's stressful for business. I love that. Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. I we honestly I could have chatted business development and growth and all of this all day long. But um, yeah, just appreciate your time. Thank you, Stacy, for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right, I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know, you want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.